All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. I'm your host, Josh Bales from the Well Boise. Uh, co-host, Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen from Spring Reformed Church. As always, good to see you, brother. Thank you. We do have a couple guest hosts today. Um, Pastor Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. Yes. Woo! <laughs> Mark this day in your calendars. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. And then uh, pastoral intern um, Ben Rao, also from the Well. Glad you're here today, brother. Hello. Yeah. We are mixing stuff up, man. Russ isn't here today. Do you feel like we're lost a little bit? Maybe. Do do we want to admit that? (laughs) No, not at all. No, strike that from the record. Well, we are talking about the ascension of Jesus Christ, and I think that I'll just say, um, you know, my own experience that I very much have underestimated the ascension of Christ for for much of my Christianity. I think we grow in stages, right? Like as little kids, little kids learn that the death of Christ is so important. And then as they progress, they understand, oh, wait a minute, the life of Christ is so important because he earned a righteousness for me that that I needed. And then we learn, oh, the resurrection of Christ, if Christ didn't wasn't raised from the dead, then, then um, our payment before the Father wouldn't have been satisfied. Mm-hmm. There's a problem that we are hallmark Christians. You know, those are the events that are celebrated, um, you know, more or less worldwide. And so there is a a sense in which the ascension doesn't get mentioned as it should because it, you know, no gifts are given, no candy is shared. And he he leaves the earth. Yeah. So it looks looks like it's a, a digression in redemptive history, at least superficially, right? But that's not how Jesus at all interpreted his ascension, did he? No, actually, actually, ascension is the proof that one day we also will be exalted, uh, you know, to the place where uh, Christ is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you were going to mention, I think, uh, John 14. Yeah. You know, the him saying, I go to prepare a place for you. Yep. Should we, should we have the Brit read it? Yes, I, I definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could listen to him all day. So, <laughs> reading, <laughs> reading scripture. <laughs> Can you read uh, verses 1 through, what is it, 4? John 14, 1 John 14, 1 through 4. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also, and you know the way to where I am going. So this is one of the the benefits of the ascension. Mm. So bring us up to speed Ryan what's what's i mean before he even gets to what he's saying what's the significance of John 14 through 16 uh just it, it's part of his final instructions to his disciples yeah and uh his final word before he's betrayed and goes to the cross right. so he's i mean he he knows the turmoil of the think their own hearts um and what they're about to endure they may not even know it at this point um some of them are expecting to that he's going to establish an earthly kingdom like right then and there at some point you know when is this coming but he's laying the foundation here for words that not only his immediate disciples then but we you know two thousand years ago or later can look back and just the amazing comfort that he gives in these verses and encouragement yeah about um yes he's gone in another place when his disciples are challenged or he's challenged why his disciples don't fast and uh, John's disciples and the Pharisees' disciples say, hey, 
we're fasting. Why don't your disciples fast? And Jesus says, you know, while the bridegroom was with his party, there is joy, but, and I'm paraphrasing, butchering it, um, but there will come a time when they fast, when the bridegroom is gone. So there is an aspect of we miss Christ. Mm-hmm. He's not here with us physically. Right. right. But yet Jesus, knowing that mm-hmm. there will be this mourning, he's leaving his disciples with this incredible comfort and joy of this is a good thing that I'm going away because I'm going to prepare a room for you. I'm going to give you my Holy Ghost, my Holy Spirit. Um, he's going to comfort you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to lead you in all wisdom. And then I am returning to take you home. Mm-hmm. They're not going to grasp that right away when right, he's exactly. talking to them in right. the upper room. In fact, we see, you know, after you know, after his arrest in the garden, the disciples are scattered, uh the, the shepherd is struck and they and they all go all their different directions and then um you know, after, even after the resurrection, you have the two disciples on the road to Emmaus and they're mm-hmm. and they're confused. They're you're, they're melancholy. Their heads are down. They don't mm-hmm. even understand what's going. We thought he was the one. Right. They're saying and uh, and you know, of course, Jesus says, "Don't you realize that he had to suffer and die before he enters into glory?" And and he's mm-hmm. and he's talking to them and showing them how this is all the fulfillment of of scripture. And so, uh, the the ascension is actually the exclamation point on everything he's been telling Amen. them in between the his uh, resurrection and now his ascension. Mm-hmm. He, this is the exclamation point on everything else. Yeah, and he mentions too and. Later in the chapter, verse twenty-eight, that um, you know you'd, you'd mentioned kind of off-air that uh, where Jesus says, "Disciples, you have heard me say to you." Oh wait, should I have Ben read? <laughs> <laughs> you have heard me say to you, "I am going away and coming back to you." If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, "I am going to the Father," for my Father is greater than I. I mean, we can have joy in knowing that Christ has ascended, mm-hmm. and knowing that He has accomplished His work. Yeah, He's yeah. come to do what He. He, he has done what he came to do, and he's he's gone home. Yeah. I mean, he's returned home yeah. Yeah. And to glory, and he's somebody, glorified. Somebody wrote a hymn um, on this for, for Ascension Day, mm-hmm. um, and I'll just read you a couple of lines. Bruised is the serpent's head. Hell is vanquished. Death is dead. And to Christ gone up on high. Captive is captivity. All his work and warfare done. He into his heaven is gone, and beside his father's throne now is pleading for his own. Sing, O heavens, O earth rejoice, angel harp and human voice, round him in his glory raise your ascended Savior's praise. Mm-hmm. Dude, we got to sing that song. Yeah. <laughs> that is a fantastic song. Even as a psalm singer, I can say amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> I can say amen to the psalms. I, I, so, um, so I think it is interesting. I'm glad you brought that verse up. So again, just to 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 say it again jesus said you heard me say that i'm going away and i will come to you if you love me you would have rejoiced because i'm going to the father now that certainly in one sense seems a little counterintuitive they loved their master Mm -hmm. why would i rejoice that you're leaving well part of it is because we have this union with christ like jesus's joy is our joy he is our head we are his body he is our groom we are his bride and um when he uh, ascended into heaven as those lyrics so greatly uh, demonstrated he he vanquished his enemies mm. and imagine um as he enters into heaven as the god man 
the legions of angels that are celebrating his arrival. Mm. Imagine the uh, triumphant saints who are celebrating his arrival. Imagine the father saying, well done, my beloved son. Mm. Um, that's, that's our joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That he finished the work of redemption. Yep. All right. Well, maybe one more benefit before um, we finish today is that he talked about, uh, Paul talked about rather in Ephesians chapter four, when um, this ascent, this doctrine of the ascension is, is spelled out a little bit more, where um, Paul said, um, therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. So two things there, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. So let's just focus on that first part. What does it mean that he um, led a host of captives? What were these captives that he was leading in, um, into heaven? And what's the significance of that language? Well, let's see. I think I think um, you know one of the things that we need to recognize, and it was brought out in the other week. Psalm twenty four talks about who shall ascend the hill of the Lord. Um, who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. If if that's the requirement, I'm not there. Right. You're not there. None of us are there. And and you know it seems like a simple requirement, but no one fits those. And just when it seems like there's no hope, we're told in verse 7 of uh, Psalm 24, lift up your head, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. You know, we can lift up our heads because he's going in. He's bringing us into that same presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and on Mm -hmm. a spiritual level, um, these captives that he he brought into heaven, well, let's, let's number them out, right? He led death into captivity. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a sense in which at the end of the age, death will be the last enemy that he put under his feet. But he vanquished death for every believer. <laughs> yeah. Death is now an entry into eternal and everlasting life. Death has lost its sting, as Paul said in mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 15. So he led death into captivity. He led our sin into captivity. Uh, yes, we are still sinners. And yes, we are still uh, waiting when we will shed this this uh, this fleshly you know, nature at the end of this age, but Christ did give a mortal wound to our sin nature mm-hmm. on the cross, and he led that into captivity, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, he also led uh, Satan into captivity. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on this uh, on, a, on a future broadcast, but something very significant happened when Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. He snatched the dominion um, from Satan that he was exercising over this world. So, mm-hmm. I mean, those are major and this language of captivity, you know, um, he's he's actually drawing on what the Romans did when they conquered a people. The Romans would uh, go and conquer a nation, and then they would lead their captives behind them back into Rome uh, with shackles on and um, as as defeated enemies. And that's the imagery here of Jesus ascending into heaven, isn't it? And the the other part of that is that he that he gave gifts to men, uh, which mm-hmm. is the which is the important part for us right now when we talk when we think about um, how 
through the Holy Spirit, he's poured out gifts upon his church. You know, and it says he's, you know, there were the apostles, there were prophets, there were evangelists, there were shepherds, there were teachers to equip us for the work of ministry. I mean, we're being equipped, um, you know, to occupy until he returns again. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're being equipped for the work of ministry that he's, he left for us to accomplish. That's you know, right. Going into all the world and and preaching the gospel. He is with us in that, and he's with us not only in his presence, but also in giving us the abilities to do those things. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These. Um. I mean, we we want to make the loveliness and beauty of Jesus known to our lost family members and friends. How do we do that? Precisely through these gifts. Mm-hmm. The, these gifts. Uh, sp- you know, uh, Ephesians chapter four, prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers, these gifts are for uh, making Jesus more known in the world mm-hmm. so that we can bring uh, the lost people in, that that Christ would be made much of in their sight. So that's, I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. again, um, the meaning of the ascension is so vital to understand. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit works in us a, a radical transformation because it's, it's always his role to draw people's attention to christ that's right mm-hmm. and in our in our natural state we we say look at me look at me that's right mm-hmm. but the holy spirit in us cries out no look at christ that's right mm-hmm. look at christ amen mm-hmm. well you've been listening to the gospel for life don't forget to go register to our annual reformation boise conference if you go to reformationboise.com you can sign up for free this year's topic is on the church dr joel beaky dr Derek thomas you don't want to miss it. it's going to be a great event where multiple churches come together for great teaching for food for fellowship and for books go sign up for reformationboise.com today 